Player 2, this is Player 1, plugging in. Player 1 is initiating connection. Player 1 is online. Player 1, this is Player 2, plugging in. Player 2 is initiating connection. Player 2 is online. All players have successfully connected. You are now plugged into the Plug and Play podcast. Initiating startup sequence. I'm your host, Zach, and alongside me as always is Tim. Welcome, Minions. So, this has been an action-packed week, and we are back. We just got done concluding uh, PAX Prime wrap-up, two-disc part uh, series. So, we are back to our normal program schedule, and uh, as such, we're going to talk about what we've been up to this week. Um, so, Tim, Tim yeah, I used to go turn, first. Buddy. We should make you go first one of these times, but I'll go first. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so... It was my kids' birthdays this weekend. They're like four days apart, and they're at a, both an adorable age. They've been looking forward to this particular birthday for a long time because one of them is seven, and the other one's eleven. So it's their seven eleven birthday. So nice. They're like we get the largest size Slurpees, right? I'm like, well, I can't really say no. I mean, it's your seven eleven birthday, so exactly. So they got you can't say no to that. You know, so they like, like mixed all sorts of like horrible combinations of flavors, but. You're like, that's going to, don't, don't, uh, whatever. No, don't do that. It's, oh, only shit, okay. it's the only way you'll learn. Um, They're like, Dad, we've made a mer- terrible mistake. No, they, they loved it. It was like sugary disgustingness, but gross. It, it, they liked it a lot. And they each had their own birthday party. That's also first. Um, before they were young enough, they didn't really realize that they should have their own birthday party, but now they kind of figured it out. Oh, shit, that's awesome. It does. Um, but they... Both chose pretty cool themes. Um, my son is into Lego, so he had like a Lego party, and there was like Legos all over the table, and like Lego cake toppers, and just Lego, Lego, Lego. Um, so they're using me shitting bricks for weeks, is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, and we had to watch the floor step on them. Gotcha. Ah! Yeah. Um, but the kids had fun playing with that. He had a bunch of um, little friends over, and um, my daughter is uh, she proudly calls herself a Whovian right now. Which, for those of you who don't know, is someone who really is really, really, really into Doctor Who. Um, she had little oh, no. posters all over the place. With, oh, no. Hey, Doctor Who, all right. It's pretty cool. She had, like, it's pretty cute. She had a Doctor Who trivia game, and they watched Doctor Who episodes, of course. She made me watch the uh, Angel episode, the, the Weeping Angel episode, which is pretty, pretty creepy, I must say. Huh. I've never seen one episode. So, like, yeah, as long as you're looking at them, they won't move, the Stone Angels. They're like weeping, uh-huh. but if you look away for just a second or even blink, they, they start moving towards you. Yeah, and it's oh. oh, it's 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 scary. It's pretty awesome actually. So, I had an adult party too. Um, at work, it was someone's twenty-first birthday, Ooh. and uh, she had her party at a friend's house. And um, I brought my ink whiskey flask, like you do. Yeah, and represent. I did, and one of the guys there thought it was really cool. And we had a conversation 
that ended up with me asking him to take his shirt off. Tim? Yeah. Tim? Yeah. Tim? Yeah. I think this might be our last episode of Plug and Play Podcast. Aren't you supposed to ask people to take their shirt off at parties? Oh, not of the same sex. Oh, am I doing it wrong? You're doing it wrong, Tim. But, okay. Episode 59 of the Plug and Play Podcast. We learn how to ask people to take off their shirts correctly. No, but I did take it off correctly because you saw what was underneath the shirt. I, sent, I, I did. It was pretty epic. So he has like a full, like, I don't know, almost all. I hope you tipped him. No, I didn't. Okay. And, and well, Q, I've got to follow up to this story just for Q because I know he's listening. Um, so the upper two thirds of his, the side of his chest, I guess, like under his arm, was this massive, awesome tattoo. I think they were roughly life size. He had a Nintendo sixty four controller, yeah, a Super Nintendo controller, and an original NES controller, kind of like in a collage, all stacked really artistically around each other. And it looked awesome. It was huge. It looked like something that probably took like, I don't know, four or five hours to do. Really, really good line art. It was amazing. But yeah, he mentioned it because uh, we were talking Nintendo stuff because the ink whiskey um, flask, if you remember from the Kickstarter episode we had, is a NES cartridge with a top that pops off. You can pour booze in it. And so that's how we got talking about Nintendo stuff. And he's like, well, you should see my tattoo. And I'm like, yes, yes, I should. So that led to the awkward. And your girlfriend's. Wait, she doesn't have a tattoo? Oh, well, just show me anyway. So his girlfriend is someone that Q is familiar with. He calls her Myla Kunis. And yes, Myla Kunis is now taken by some awesome guy with an awesome tattoo. So Q, you can officially give up now. Yep. She's gone. You're never coming back from that. Nope. He has a Zelda, or not Zelda, but he has a Nintendo N64 controller tattoo. You lose, good sir. Good day. You have lost. Good, good day. So yeah. That was, uh, I guess I'm doing it wrong, but it was cool. He had an awesome tattoo, and the party was fun. I approve of male taking off shirt to see awesome Nintendo. That's the one exception. I knew. It's, I did confuse you at first when I didn't tell you the whole story. I was, I, yeah, I was like, I was kind of drugged up, and I was like, wait, Tim, that's the guy that uh, I must be like in a drug co- comatose right now. This is really too weird for me. <laughs> I told you in pieces because I, cause I wanted to mess with you just, just a little bit. Just a tip. So... Zach, tell us about your week. Well, I'm not wholly here right now. Well, where are you? And yeah, I'm not. So um, last Thursday, which we record on Tuesday, so before the episode 58 of the Plug and Play show, or after, I mean, of the Plug and Play show, I was at work and had a run-in with a planer, which if you don't know what a planer is, it's a big, long blade that spins in circles that has like three blades or circular on it that spin at very high rates. And basically what they're made for is uh, like trimming or planing, if you will, off a little piece of material, little thousandths of a milligram or millimeter at a time or thousandths of an inch at a time. Um, and I had an accident on the job that left me basically mangled in a mess um the the safety mechanism on it um i was using a tool the i was planning a tool and using the safety mechanism and it got caught and shot out of my hand but there's like a safety guard that's supposed to cover the blade up when there's nothing in the center of the blade 
but with the downward force that I was applying on it, my hand met the blade before the safety guard could close, um, resulting in me basically at your very top knuckle, cutting it all the way down to the bone, cutting the bone off, and ripping out the whole entire fingernail. On behalf of the audience, let me just say, Yeah, so I now have two mangled fingers that I'm actually going in for surgery on tomorrow that uh, they're going to have to grind down the bone or cut the bone even more to get enough skin to where they can actually seal it shut. Um, And basically what's going to end up happening is I'll have no fingernail on my index and my middle finger on my left hand, which sucks because I'm left-handed. But uh, the doctor reassured me today that the fingers won't be too short to play video games. So that's a plus. Yes. Um, so I will be back gaming on mouse and keyboard before I know it. It's probably going to be like a six to eight week rehabilitation. Um, but he's hoping that he can get all of the fragments and everything all in one clean sweep. So we're praying for a good outcome on it. So Yes, on behalf of our audience, I'm sure um, we wish you a very speedy and hopefully less pain-filled recovery than you've heard. Yeah, as you know, it's been extremely painful because I've been communicating with you, and this sucks. Last night when I was sleeping, There's nothing, I started nothing having, good like, about a, this. No. Yeah. I have like started having spasms last night, mm. like, in my hand, mm-hmm. and it ended up in me, like, clenching my fist, mm. and holy shit. Because I have bone, like, currently right now, I literally have bones sticking out the tips of my fingers, um and yeah so when i clenched my fist that was not good you're taking your walking dead cosplay a little too far man exactly right Mm -hmm. so i think i should be like a walk-on for the walking dead because i it would definitely fit in definitely so but yeah other than that um yeah hanging in there no big deal other than that no big deal you know just another another week of work you've been a trooper Um, though you've been uh yeah powering through it yeah so i've been trying so these medications i'm on suck they make me extremely sick to my stomach and uh kind of confused but we're uh hanging in there yeah so so remember when we talked we, about all that zelda stuff i'll be back later to pick it up yes exactly so tim's gonna have to come and take all my zelda stuff because i can't use it now <laughs> well so and you gave it to me in a in a, a stupor Yes, exactly. And I asked the doctor today if he could like implant a USB drive in my tip of my finger, and he said no. So I was kind of pissed off. I think you need a second I opinion. I know. I need a second opinion on this. So, but doctor with this whole with ordeal, we did get some good news this yes. week. And we're only going to talk about one part of this currently. And I'm actually going to have Tim open it live on air because I can't. Because I've only got one hand, guys. So, Tim, why, why don't you... Well, I'll start us off by telling sure. us... Uh, If you guys listened to the last two episodes, we talked heavily about meeting and hanging out with the guys over at Kingston and HyperX, uh, who make gaming peripheral items like headsets, they make solid-state hard drives, they make RAM, they make mouse pads, they make a whole bunch of cool shit for uh, video game people like us. Hopefully you can start hearing me opening this box. And if you guys can't hear in the back, Tim is actually opening up uh, a headset that they sent us, the Cloud 2. It, so it's very securely while, packaged, though, so give me a second for the outer wrapping. Exactly. All right. So while Tim's opening it, this Cloud 2 is a 7.1 USB headset, um, surround sound headset, that comes with a USB dongle controller dongle. that hangs out the back. I said dongle. Hangs out the back, of, back or the front of your PC, wherever you plug it in. That transmits a 7.1 virtual surround sound to the headset, 
the Cloud 2 headset that plugs into it through a 3.5mm jack on the front of the controller. And I'm going to have Tim explain the rest of it to you because I need a drink. Okay, so I've removed the outer retail packaging, which is very secure, um, but kind of a pain in the butt to open. But it's got all the product features in the back, and it's got the place to... Why don't you, why don't you run them through the product features really quick before you start okay. in on the actual product? I toss the box aside, so hang on. All right. It has a premium USB sound card, um, an advanced USB control box with a two-meter cable, 100% memory foam, a 3.5-millimeter Minio stair jack, uh, closed ear cups, pure Hi-Fi 53-millimeter drivers, and a detachable mic with AGC functionality. Woohoo! Yeah. And I'll read the little blurb here on the cloud, too. HyperX is committed to delivering high-quality, affordable gaming products to its fan while also being a global leader in supporting their passion for gaming and esports. In oh, the rest is in uh, French, so never mind. And solid aluminum build, 7.1 surround sound, noise, and echo-canceling mic, which is cool. Interchangeable ear cups. Hmm. Ooh. So now that I've removed that outer shell, the retail packaging, inside is a very nice, like, designer-looking red box, kind of like a, I got to say, kind of like an expensive shoe box. Yeah. And it's uh, got a nice lip to hold it together, and there's even a little tissue inside, um, giving that luxury feeling. It's printed on the inside. Welcome to the HyperX team. You are now on your way to the ultimate gaming experience. With HyperX Cloud in your arsenal, you can game for hours fully immersed in complete comfort. As passionate gamers ourselves, we take to the details to make an exception product, exceptional product that you can notice and feel the difference. More than a decade, HyperX products have been developed with gaming in mind that is built tough for seriously extreme performance. As we strive to bring you the next most innovative and powerful products, we know you will love this premium gaming headset and hope you'll continue to select HyperX as your preferred gaming hardware brand. Thank you for choosing HyperX and supporting a brand that supports you. Happy gaming, Anders G8 Viking Williamson. The HyperX general manager. Nice. And there's a manual, which I'm not going to read to you. Uh, some foam packing. Ooh, it's like got little foam cutouts for all the pieces. It's like like a like when you see in the movies, like the the secret agents have like their weapons packed in like a, a box. It looks like that. Are you saying we're secret agents, Tim? We well, might be HyperX we... secret agents now. We're HyperX secret agents, guys. Um. So yeah, every every little. Da-na-na. The uh. <laughs> There's, there's like a plug with two prongs on it um, in its own little compartment. The mic, the detachable mic is in its own compartment on the side. And then the dongle is in its own compartment, but it's kind of attached to the headset with a cable. And I'm pulling out the nice. headset now. Ooh, it's got that cool, like, corded wire, you know? Yes. It's resist tangling. Yep, um, I had that on the, the original cloud headset that they uh, graciously gave to their secret agents last year. So it's got lots of cable. It's kind of tucked away. Uh, so would you say it's a good amount of cable to be a distance away from the computer oh yeah, and, it's, it's, or um, your screen? So there's two, two parts to it. Um, there's the part that comes directly from the headset, which ends in like a normal headset jack, like, a, okay. like you plug into your whatever yeah like your ps4 controller sure. or your xbox Anything one like controller that. and then the dongle has a receiver for that which extends the cable Ooh, nice i, I don't know six feet at least it's, it's all it's all coiled up and that's a usbn and that's how you get your 7.1 it's nice. got um two sets of controls 
There's a button that says 7.1 in the middle, and then there's two sets of controls, volume up, volume down. One shows for the microphone, and one nice. shows for the headset. So pr- nice. pretty simple. It's got a clip on the back, so you can clip it to your shirt if you want it or whatever. Headset yeah. itself looks really sturdy, um, nice stitching on the top, um, really soft. Now, is it leather across the top? Um, it's either leather or, you know, like a synthetic leather. Okay. Um, looks really sturdy. Again, it's got the cord running from the top to the sides, the uh, the cloth cord or whatever the, the yeah, and the the earmuffs really soft. Um, it's like a chrome uh, metal for the earpieces. It's like red. Oh, nice, shiny. It's beautiful. Cool. Well, we're gonna have photos of that up on the podcast and up on. There's gonna be a written review of the HyperX Cloud Two uh, gaming headset coming in the near future, guys, over at thebuttonsmashers.com. So stay tuned for that. We'll be plastering that on our fa- or on our Facebook and on our Twitter page, and it'll also be on the Button Smashers Facebook page and their Twitter page. Um, so stay tuned for that, guys. So that's some exciting Very news. Exciting. We also we also got some other surprises from HyperX. We're not going to talk about right now, but just know that they are coming um, in future episodes. Sweet. So yeah. So that wraps up what we've been up to this week. I am fingerless and kind of speechless right now, and don't know what to say <laughs> other than what have you been playing this week, Tim? <laughs> well, with that intro, I've been playing Metal Gear Solid uh, Three. Ah, what the hell? You thought I was going to say five, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. And then I was going to be like, so who did you, uh, you know, put attached balloons to? But you don't get the attached balloons in three, I I get to make camo and eat snakes and frogs. Um, Oh, that's cute. (laughs) You're like, if you're into that sort of thing. I guess. So, um, yeah, I haven't finished that game ever. And I heard that there's a lot of characters that are kind of important to the canon of the Metal Gear Solid world. So I'm going back on my 3DS and playing a little bit of that. And... Man, Kojima likes his systems. There's camo systems and food systems. and Yeah, you know. I can't get into that type of crap. I'm trying. Um, I might break down and just watch the four-hour movie on YouTube, but I'd like to play through it. Um, but I played a bit of that at night, and it puts me to sleep. <laughs> but nice. It sucked when I st- You're like, all right, guys, I'm tired, ready to go to bed. Let's play some Metal Gear Solid 3. Because like, I'll be ready to do something. I'm like, i got to stop and pick the right camo, or else I'll get spotted, blah, blah, blah. Um, the first time I played it, it was I started pretty late at night, and there's like unskippable um, cutscenes for like it felt like an hour and a half, <laughs> just kept going, oh, man. going, going. But that's pretty typical for the series. I've also been playing um, Assault Android Cactus, which is there. Hold on, yes. is there like a credit after like every scene? Not after every scene, but man, he sure gets Hajima gets his name out there a lot. Does he? Yeah, okay, like, I've been hearing a lot of that. By Hajiru. Kojima, written by Kojima, Kojima, and like, you know, oh my he's, God. Got, he's got his name multiple times in the credits. Somebody's a little conceited. Just a little bit. Um, so that's pretty funny. But that's that was just after the opening sequence. The opening sequence was pretty cool. Um, he does like this uh, airdrop, low or high altitude, low insertion or whatever, halo. Huh. Um, jumping from airplane, pulling the shoot to the last second. It's pretty sweet. That's cool. Um, so that part you would have liked. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I actually finish it. Um, but like I said, I'm also playing Assault Android Cactus, which I oh, covered. we saw that at PAX. Yes, and uh, you can read my preview article on thebuttonsmashers.com. Um, but I got a review code, um, and I will be playing through that. I played a little bit with my daughter, but I think I'm going to try to play with my 
I just said play with myself. Play by myself. <laughs> because when you play uh, multiplayer, it adds a ton more enemies, and I think it actually makes it a little harder. Okay. Um, but it's a twin-stick shooter. It's basically like the these uh, stages or arenas we go through. Then there's a boss at the end. There's about four or five areas that you go through. And it's really fast. What's kind of cool, I've noticed, um, I didn't notice this the first time I played it, is when you're doing well um, and getting lots of boosts and power-ups and not getting hit, the music actually speeds up and sounds cooler. And then when you get hit, it kind of slows down again. So Not lame. You're like, all right, don't get hit. This song's really cool. Yeah, and uh, also instead of a life bar, you have a battery bar because you're an Android. So I thought that was kind of cool. But um, it's got a cute little art style. All the characters, all the Androids are female. Um, sort of anime style, but not exactly. Boobies. No. It's t- Android boobies. Just Cactus Android boobies. Metal. Cold, cold metal. Um, but it's it's fun. Um, we're playing that. And what have you been playing? Uh, so I've been playing some Stonehearth, which is another one. You guys can go check out my Radio Entertainment uh, first look on uh, thebunsmashers.com. Uh, and Stonehearth is, it reminds me a ton of Minecraft. So basically you are a group of, I think you start with five survivors and you pick an area of a randomly generated map and you have to mine for your bricks to make timber, to make houses or lodges. And you basically build a village and going from the village then you can build, uh, like a hunting area and build defenses and stuff like that. Um, there's two game modes. There's a passive and then there's a main uh, game story mode. Not story mode, but like a main story or not yeah, not story. Like main game um, where they're actually they'll pit you up against like wildlife or like raiders or whatever. Um, it's a fun little easy point and click. It doesn't really grab my attention, but for you uh, Minecraft fans this would be a cool game where you can like go out and you can build whatever you want to build and build up a village you can control everybody inside the village it's pretty cool aspect on it on the 8-bit uh village rpg style which is pretty cool um and every villager has like their weaknesses and their strengths so it's kind of cool um and my best friend this week since my finger has been fallout shelter so my shelter's been growing i'm up to 105 uh dwellers currently That's crazy and uh, so I have my Nuka-Cola bottler room now and everything that gives me my my uh, food and my water. and So that's pretty cool. I've been building that up and just enjoying that, trying to figure out how to build the best uh, scavengers for out in the wasteland and stuff like that. Um, and then I've been prepping for NBA 2K16. There's really not much I can do currently, but before my fingers, I was getting back into 2K15 uh refreshing my fingers getting used to that again so because 2k16 comes out like on the 25th so oh yeah so you got that pre-ordered right yeah i do okay cool yep so i'll begin that on the 20th or maybe i get it it early yeah i get it a few days early so yeah, I'm pretty excited for that, and hopefully my surgery will be done. I mean, it will be done, so hopefully that means my fingers will be able to play, so we'll see. Hmm. Yes. So we'll see. I don't know about you, but I'm getting thirsty. I'm getting pretty thirsty right now. So, guys, as usual, before our tasty treat break, Tim, why should I like us and rate us on iTunes? Of all the things you could forget, why couldn't you forget that one? 
I know, right? All right. I got that tattooed permanent on the bottom of my hand. <laughs> Don't forget that to ask him why they should like us and rate us on iTunes. So the next time you're at a party and someone's going to take their shirt off, it's going to be one of two things. It's going to be a gorgeous female because you liked us and rated us on iTunes. Or it's going to be some fat, hairy dude who doesn't have an awesome tattoo who's just taking his shirt off because he's hot. And that's because you didn't like us and rate us on iTunes. So if you want the fat, sweaty dude, topless, go ahead and just don't, don't like us, don't rate us on iTunes. But if you want the cute next-door cheerleader type take her shit off at the party, you know what you need to do. You need to go and like us and rate us on iTunes and Stitcher. Yes. Sweet. So we will be right back, guys, after this awesome music break. And we are back, Tasty Treats in hand. And as always, we're going to describe our Tasty Treats in depth for you guys so you guys get a feel of what they are. So, Tim, why don't you kick us off? All right. So, I am rocking a Firestone Double Jack, um, which is their double IPA for Barson Walker. It's triple dry hopped, and it is wrapped almost as securely as the Cloud 2 headset. It's got foil on top, so... Is it 7.1 surround sound? No, but it's 9.5 alcohol. Uh-huh. 9.5. Wow, it's a 22. So I'm peeling the foil off. It's no longer new in box. I'm cracking it open. Oh, no. Wow. Some carbonation in there. <laughs> Decent head, but not super heavy. It's pretty light. Oh, never mind. Spoke too soon. Holy crap. I have to sip it. Sip, sip, sip. There was like no head, and then all of a sudden at the end, it just foamed up. Head. We almost had a... We had a head... We almost had head explosion. Yeah, exploding heads. Um, so I got a little sip of the foam, but I'm going to take an actual sip now. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, it's got to be some fairly good IBUs on that. It doesn't list it anywhere, but it's nice. Um, it is very light-colored for uh, IPA, but it's huh. delicious. Nice. That's the Firestone Walker Double Jack. Proprietor, Sweet. Proprietor's Reserve. Awesome. Well, this week I am drinking a blast of natural and artificial tropical lime flavors brought to us by Mountain Dew. 
the Baja Blast because I can't drink alcohol on these pills that I'm on because it will fuck me up. We well, could. It could be like a super special edition of the Plug and Play show. Yeah, I the Plug and Play edition where Zach dies. <laughs> dies, passes out. Yeah, I don't know about that. These pain mills already got me all messed up. So, all right, guys, we're gonna crack this. Well, there's some carbonation in there. Nice. No head. We're gonna take a drink. What color is your taste of beverage? It's green, and it tastes amazing. Nice. I haven't had Baja yes. Blast in a while. I think the last time I, I love Baja Blast. I remember the last time I had it. Actually, it was at Taco Bell. I don't usually. That, I don't usually. It used to be a Taco Bell exclusive. I don't usually eat at Taco Bell, but Taco Bell had a promotion where if you bought one of their big boxes, you get a chance to win a PS4. Ooh. So I ate there like three times. Oh shit. And got a free colon cleanse, so it was awesome. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the nice. Uh, Side effect of Taco Bell. You get a free colon cleansing. Yep. I had to buy I had to buy my own PS4, but the Baja Fresh yep. part was good at least. Exactly. So, without any further ado, guys, you know what time it is. It's time to kick it. All right. Two weeks out, three weeks out. We haven't done a kick it segment, a and here we go. All right. So, I'm going to kick us off, guys. I have a game that comes off Kickstarter. They're looking for 500000 and they're currently at $1,454,561 with 14 days ago, 31,599 backers. I think people want this game. game <laughs> I think they're going to get it. This game is called Divinity Original Sin 2. Wait, so wait. this is actually their second Kickstarter. Original Sin 2? That's not original anymore, is it? No, it's not. So it's like their second sin. Mm-hmm. And their second sin was making this game and having triple funded. So... Without further ado, guys, I'm not going to really explain it. I'm going to let the developer explain it. Hi, everybody. My name is Sven Winke. I'm the creative director and founder at Laren Studios. And today, I'm very proud to announce to you our return to Kickstarter with our new RPG, Divinity Original Sin 2. Divinity Original Sin 2 will be a game about how your origins affect who you are and what chances you get in life. At the start of the game, you'll pick a single character and determine its background, story, race and origins. Now, you'll quickly discover that these choices have a profound impact on the options that you'll be presented with during the game. And it's something that we want to take very far. In Divinity Original Sin 2, you can play with up to four players. And the really unique thing is that you can play cooperatively and competitively. When playing competitively, you'll engage in competitive questing and the other players will essentially be role-playing your antagonists. When playing cooperatively, you'll be using your unique talents, origin and race advantages to help the party achieve its goals. What's really cool here is that you can seamlessly switch between cooperating and competing depending on the situation you're in. So what you're seeing here is the Divinity Original Sin 2 prototype, built on top of the Divinity Original Sin Enhanced Edition engine. It's still very much work in progress and lots of things will change, but it's already sufficient to demonstrate a couple of the key things that we're building the game around. The party consists of a wood elf, two humans and an imperial dwarf. We are escaped sorcerers, users of a forbidden form of magic, and we are on the run from divine magisters. We're looking for help to travel to the mainland and are trying to enter a village where we'll hope we'll be able to get a ride on a dragon. Getting into the village, however, turns out to be problematic because of some local unrest with the dwarves. My main character hails from this town and is recognized by the guard. This facilitates things for her and she easily gains entry. However, the rest of the party is not allowed in. 
while the thief and elf eventually convince the guard via individual persuasion events, the dwarf fails and has to find another way in. Like this, pretty much every dialogue that you'll encounter will run differently, depending on who is doing the talking. And it reinforces how who you are, what you are, and where you come from affects your options in life. So all of this results in a lot of gameplay, because you're continuously trying to figure out which party member to use to talk to an NPC. Now the interesting thing is that in this example, the Dwarf and Thief are being controlled not by me, but by Thomas. And it so happens to be that Thomas wants to help the Dwarves in this village, whereas I'm determined to demonstrate that Dwarves should know their place. While eventually fate may bring us together again, for the moment we're working on the conflicting sides of the narrative, and we're trying to use the advantages of our origin stories, as well as our skills, abilities and talents to try to get the upper hand. So the story that we've made for Divinity Original Sin 2 makes all of these things possible. And mixed with all the RPG systems that we have, it really makes for a lot of fun. So here you see me mixing a red coloring herb with a poison potion. And this is me putting it in Thomas' backpack. So when he's going to drink it, he's going to have a little bit of a surprise. Now here you see me telling the guards that Thomas is a criminal and that he is smuggling contraband, which happens to be the case. So the guards are going to ask to investigate his inventory and they're going to fall on the contraband and they're going to take Thomas to jail. And here you see me backstabbing him. Thomas has just finished an epic fight and he's very weak and so that's a perfect opportunity for me to say to Thomas, Thomas I don't like you anymore. So obviously all of this is great in multiplayer but it also makes for a much stronger single player experience. Allowing for both cooperative and competitive narrative gameplay forces us as developers to implement plenty of options and in single player that means that there's a great many choices to make. That's a lot of role playing right there and our ambition is to go very far with it. But obviously that's not our only ambition. Divinity Original Sin's combat system was one of the highlights of the game and development in Divinity Original Sin 2 will be focused on maintaining the same feel while expanding on the things that you can do and the challenges you'll be encountering. We're going to try to bring you more skills, talents, abilities as spells as well as a long list of new creatures and enemies that will offer you plenty of tactical challenges. And that's not all. We're investing a lot more in the narrative development of the game to ensure that everything you encounter will be interesting, fun and part of a deeper story filled with plot twists and difficult decisions for you to take. A lot of effort is being put in bringing you a more grounded and serious game in which everything is consistent but which still contains plenty of fun moments. We will also include an updated version of the editor that we're using to create the game. It's becoming an incredibly powerful tool and we're very eager to see what you'll come up with. Divinity Original Sin 2 is going to be a fantastic game, but it's also a very ambitious game and that's why we're returning to Kickstarter. We would like to maximize the amount of things that you can do in the game. Now, we already have a budget in place thanks to the success of the original game, but all of the things that I've been talking about can be taken that much further. So I'm hopeful that you'll be willing to back us and in return I promise that we're going to make you a very fun RPG full of innovations and full of surprises. Hope you have a great day, thank you for watching and hopefully until one of our updates. Take care. Bye-bye. Cool. Cool. So that's Divinity Original Sin 2, guys. The graphic style kind of reminds me of like a top-down uh, Dragon Age Origins-esque looking so game. Like Diablo 2. <clears throat> yeah, like a Diablo 2. Or 3 or whatever. Um, yeah, it looks really beautiful, very vibrant, um, very colorful. The one thing I'm not sure is if it's red text or if it's voice acted. Um, so I'm not sure if there's going to be a lot of reading or if it's going to be voice acted. Uh, the screenshots they have obviously can't talk to you, but you do see options and choices you can say um, to certain people, which looks interesting dialogue. Um, you guys can get in for their second early backer at 
$30, no, wait, sorry, at $26, that's Tim's phone, huh? for the late bird, I can't, I'm trying to disconnect it, no one calls my home phone, except when I'm podcasting, exactly, I unplugged it, there are 797 out of 10,000 of these left, guys, for $26. You guys can get the original Sin 2 as a digital download for PC, available for Steam. You also get the alpha and beta access included, or DRM-free from GOG.com. It also comes with a digital game manual, a backups forum badge, and behind-the-scenes footage. Or, if at this point, when you guys are checking it out, that's gone, for $30, you guys get the same exact thing. Um, that's just standard. Those are unlimited. So actually, no, those are limited to 2,500 backers and nobody's bought one yet. Operators so, are standing by to take your order. They just called me. Exactly. So, Tim, what do you got for us? Um, mine is different. I, I will be the first to admit. Um, so different. it's different. different. I'm going to let the, uh, there's an interview on this. I, I put the Kickstarter video in half cause it was long. But it's an electronic album, and the theme of the album is you're – did you see uh, Gravity, the movie? Oh, no. no. Well – I don't watch movies, good sir. Okay. I guess I should call Q. Q, have you seen Gravity? Uh, at one point, yes. um, one of the actors is set adrift in spoilers for Gravity. I won't say which one. Was that that stupid Sandra Bullock and one? And George Clooney. Or like in yes. space? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I definitely didn't see that <laughs> at one. At one point, one of them – gets cut loose and adrift into space, which is sort of terrifying. So once you are fl- floating in a direction in space, there's really no way. To- you don't no, stop. You just keep, don't just going. stop floating. So the conceit of this album, it's electronic album, like um, electronic music. But the conceit of the album is, is that you are a marooned astronaut cut adrift in space and you're Sandra Bullock. No, no, no. Adrift in space. No, you're not Sandra Bullock. For, well, actually, you could be. I'll get to that. You're a horse face. Cut off in space. So you've got one hour, basically, to kind of consider your life and your situation. That's what the album, like the feeling of the album is. And what makes this Kickstarter unique is if you back it high enough... Um, They'll cut you off in space? No. They will, they will oh. make you a unique personal copy. He's got, like, algorithms... They will mix the um, sound differently, like from left to right mix. And then there's uh, spoken words and like um, in the tracks. And they will change it from being like a British female to being a Hindi male. or So you can kind of customize it to maybe reflect. But yeah, you know reflect like maybe who you are. Maybe you're, um, I don't know, a West African female and you want to hear someone that sounds sort of like you. or um, That's yeah. cool. So you can make your own. Well, you don't get to make your own game, your own your own music to an extent. So, um, at a really high level, let's say it's a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars, um, you get a completely private album for one hundred dollars, a unique recording, um, that no one, not even the artist, hears a copy. He like records it and remixes it, but doesn't play it. So you were the first one to ever hear it. <laughs> it could sound like it could. crap. It says results may vary on that one. So I haven't told you the name of the album yet, and the name of the album is "Music to Die Alo- to Die Alone in Space" too. So I sort of explained it, but I'm gonna go ahead and uh, roll this interview with the uh, the musician. Hello, I'm Corey Perla, music editor of the Public, 
an alternative newspaper based in Buffalo, New York. I'm here with Sproop to talk about his record, Music to Die Alone in Space 2. Thank you for having me, Corey. Absolutely. Let's talk about the conception of this record. So this record kind of came from two distinct uh, things I was working on that sort of converged. One is that for a while I've been trying to make an album about loneliness and losing consciousness, which is um, the idea that I wanted to express something, the idea of an album so so neutral and fading away that you could actually gently die to. And that is one thing that had been germinating. This is fucked up and morbid, by the way. Music you can gently die to, Zach. My fingers gently died to it. I wasn't that gentle from what it sounded like. No, it's pretty painful. With the idea that you've got an album about an astronaut who's out there drifting alone, and every single person who purchases this album gets a re-recorded copy unique to them that's distinguishable and has new music making it different from all other copies of it. So it's their own personalized sort of end of consciousness experience. How did you keep the sound of the album true to the environment in which it's taking place? So it takes place in space. How did you keep the sound of the album kind of true to that? Well, there's a variety of ways. So they like to say restrictions breed creativity. So my restrictions for this album, um, no earthen sounds at all. No instruments that resemble the earth. Because you're alone, you're in space, there's not a piano in your environment. Um, not even to represent things, too, because I think there's this cheesy idea, what am I going to do, float by a, um, a supernova and have it go, and make the sound that um, a choir of medieval monks would have made from 13th century Europe? That's not actually how it would happen. So you have the only percussion is heart. You don't know that, sir. The only <laughs> have you floated alone um, in space? Real tangible sounds are internal suit sounds, which there's a lot of creativity involved in that. Um, the sound of the artist's breath, and then synths that represent the structures. Um, there's a there's a track neutrinos, which has the synthesized sound of what it might be like if millions of weightless particles were penetrating through your body. All right, so I'm... That sounds painful. <laughs> so I'm going to quickly run down like how they make a unique copy. So I, I just find it kind of this process sort of interesting. So when you back a, a copy of this album, um, he makes it unique for every backer. Okay, so he says this. We launch all the album's projects and tracks and reset everything with a fresh copy. On every synth, we tweak knobs so it makes brand new sound and plays new patterns. Chords and melodies in some tracks are regenerated anew for certain instruments every time they play. A recording engineer is personally listening through this entire recording of the album as it happens to make sure the result is pleasant. We start recording the playback of the album in its new never-before-heard never configuration. Um, and we lay on top of this at the select points with it which they belong. Your choice and vote chosen voice actor's performance and a small sample of the one chosen earth song that the astronauts radio catches um in one minute so like at one point you're going to pass close enough to the earth you'll hear like a a one minute snippet of some song from earth kind of mixed in with the music and then your finished copy is digitally stamped with the rendered numbers of 
Rendered numbers of each track and unique identifier are sent to you, and no one else but you will ever hear that copy again unless you choose to share it. So, I don't know. It is, like you said, a weird and morbid project, but I thought it was pretty cool. Something you probably wouldn't see out there except for Kickstarter. It would be hard for an artist to get this out there. And, um, yeah, I thought it was kind of neat. It has. Dr. Dre is not picking up this album. No, no this, is a, this is exactly what Kickstarter is good for, is small projects that a certain group of people would be interested in. You're never going to find this at your music store or whatever. It wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't be unique. Um, anyway, he only asked for $2,000. He's got $10,000, 9000 or 9000 Nine days to go. Um, so this nice. will happen. And if you want your own music to die to, you can uh, check out this Kickstarter. Huh. <laughs> Zach is already lining up. Yes, I'm already in line, no, guys. <clears throat> so, that's our kick it segment for this week, guys. And we have some pretty big news this week, actually. Yep. So, I'm going to let Tim kick us off. So, um, as we've covered on the podcast in July, um, Iwata, the president of Nintendo, passed away. And it was kind of Nintendo's been running an interim by um, Miyamoto and I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, but today, the board of directors announced their new choice for president of Nintendo, and his name is Tatsumi uh, Kimishima, um, and he is 65 years old. He is a very seasoned veteran in the business world. He had 27 years in banking, um, then he worked at Pokemon Company for a while, and then he took over um, Nintendo of America as chairman of the board and CEO, and he's been running that for since 2006, I think. So he's definitely got some exposure to the Western market and sensibility. Um, he's a very behind-the-scenes kind of man. Um, he's been at some press conferences with Iwata in the past, but mostly just to talk about the business aspect of things. Um, the board of directors also at the same time announced new titles for um, Takeda and, and Miyamoto. They will be um, the technology fellow and the creative fellow. So Nintendo's acknowledging that they have the expertise for the hardware and the software. And, and, nice. Um, so, to me, this says that they want a safe choice for the new president to kind of continue the direction that they were going before Iwata passed. And um, with his age at 65 and the fact that he's sort of a safe choice, I'm betting he's a transitional president and that, yeah. that they're grooming someone else to take over in a couple of years. But they're in a shaky position right now. They want some stability for their stockholders. because They're going to hire somebody named Mario. So, every time he comes down to the stage, he's it's a me! But speaking of Pokemon. So, have you ever wanted to be the very best? The best that ever was? Always. Always? So, this might pique your interest in Pokemon Go. Pikachu, your interest. Might Pikachu, your interest. Um, For Mewtwo. And uh, so. A few months ago, probably about six months ago, we talked about how Nintendo was going to be getting into the mobile realm, and they finally released their very first project called Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go is going to be coming is going to be bringing Pokemon to the real world uh, with a new augmented reality game for Android and iPhone. <clears throat> so basically, what it's going to be is it's going to be a mobile game for Android iPhone that's being developed by. Pokemon Company and Niantic. Niantic. It's a weird... Niantic? It used to be called Google, but they split off. Yeah. It was a Google startup that has since branched out, and uh, they make their... It's been known for its earlier game, which a lot of people picked up and started playing, called Ingress. 
So they're going to be going with Pokemon Go, bringing Pokemon into the real world through the Android and smartphone application, which is apparently going to be a free one with paid um, elements to it. And we're not sure exactly what those elements are going to be. So like pay to win or if it's just going to be speeding up the process or if you pay for special Pokeballs. or Maybe you get to store more Pokemon. Exactly. So the aim is to locate, catch, battle, tra- and trade, just like the original Pokemon. But you're encouraged to connect with other nearby Pokemon Go players as you do so. Um, I'm imagining like an epic that- like battle happening in Times Square or... Exactly. So, like, the trailer showed Mewtwo, and all these phones lit up across New York City. And it said Mewtwo has been spotted inside of uh, inside of Times Square. And all these people come rushing out onto the street, running towards Times Square, and they're all throwing out their Pokemon off their phone <laughs> into reality, Sweet. battling this Mewtwo, and they all capture him at the very end. Sweet. So it brings a sense of work and team together to defeat, you know, a Pokemon that's out in the real world destroying or wrecking havoc on the city. Um, they're also going to be introducing a Pokemon Go Plus, which is going to be this little nifty wristband sort of childish-looking thing. It looks like a Pokeball be... on a wrist wrap, basically. Exactly. It's a companion device that is either clipped or strapped to the wrist, worn like a watch. It functions without the Pokemon Go, uh, Pokemon Go device, but is a... If Pokemon Go functions without the Pokemon Go Plus, will not be hindered, but the device is expected to enhance the enjoyment of the augmented reality. So it has LEDs in it to flash for different things, like maybe you're looking for a special Pokemon, and it just so happens you're walking by one, so it lights up a special color that you have this tracked Pokemon that you're looking for, and it's out in front of you. There's a button on it to where you can throw a Pokeball out to try to catch the Pokemon, um, but that's all they're really saying about it currently. So I think, and don't quote me on this, but I think they were saying that um, different countries would have unique Pokemon. So that would so you have to travel the yeah, world. That would incentivize you to travel the world. So that's kind of funny. To be the very best, like no one ever went. Um, and my last bit, I'm just going to touch on a little bit, just because I found it funny. Um, Apple had a press conference, like their three-hour, like, um, just look out. Here's what the fuck we're yeah, doing. Yeah, they didn't really have that much to say, but they... they... Oh, fuck! Yeah, you're right there, bud. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Keep okay. going. Um, so Apple had this huge conference, like three hours, and they only had a couple things to say, really. And I'm just laughing because it sounded to me like they unveiled their version of the Surface Pro. They've got a newer, larger iPad um, called the iPad Pro um, and a Apple Pencil which is kind of like the stylus I'm using with my Surface Pro. So, I don't know. They're playing catch-up? That's what it sounds like to me. I remember Steve Jobs back in the day saying that the best input device was a finger, and if we ever launch a stylus, then we've lost or whatever. But apparently it doesn't matter anymore. I like my um, my Surface Pro uh, stylus. It's got you know features, touch sensitivity. and Well, Steve Jobs is gone and dead yeah, now. So they can so... do whatever they want. But it totally yep. looks like a Service Pro. It's got the little clip-on keyboard, which is $180, and the Apple Pencil is, is another $100. So you're looking at you know the base price, whatever it is, and then another $280 right away for accessories. Or you could just buy a Service Pro and, you know, whatever. Go, Apple, yeah. go. 
Um, I was just laughing that they just so blatantly copied the Surface Pro model. They, That's kind of what their their I mean, model been recently. It the iPad Pro. Yeah. Whatever. I know it made me laugh. Maybe just me. So. Ah! <laughs> you can't laugh. You're in pain. I know. Uh, so that wraps up this new segment, guys. Uh, we're gonna leave you guys with a question. And the question of the week is... Um, are you excited for Pokemon Go? Will you be playing Pokemon yeah. Go? Would you travel to France to catch a special Pokemon? So, that is the question this week, guys. Are you excited for Pokemon Go? What if Pokemon Pro was... Pokemon Go was only available on... Uh, We're not at Pokemon Pro no, yet, no, no, Let's hear me out. I got mixed up because these words sound similar. What if Pokemon Pro was only available on Apple Pro and you had to, like... Pick it with the Apple Pencil. That, that would suck. Wouldn't that just turn into like a Pokedex? We, they should just make a real Pokedex so you just carry around. That'd be fucking cool. I had a Pokedex when I was a kid. Had all the original Pokemon and it. it was awesome. That could be part of the app, couldn't it? Yeah, but it'd be way cooler if it looked like a true Pokedex. That would be cool. That'd be better than their um their little wristband thing. It'd be way cooler. They should do that. They should do that. I'd buy one. Hmm, I wonder if you could make a second party app. Hmm. I don't know. That'd be really make millions. Cool, yes. You heard it first here on Plug and Play Podcast, guys. That is this week's question, guys. But don't forget to answer them on Facebook.com forward slash Plug and Play Show. Or check us out on Twitter at Twitter at, uh, at, plug, at plug underscore and underscore play underscore. Sorry, guys. These pain pills are, and the pain's not doing me any good right now. Um, you guys can also mail us at mail at PlugandPlayProduction.com. Send us your guys' questions and your response to our question this week, which is, are you excited for Pokemon Go? Until next week, guys, on episode 60. Yes, I said 60. We're getting up to 100 almost. That's only 40 episodes ago. That's pretty dang quick. Um, don't forget to prime and shine.